Welcome to Docupied, a podcast about anime, manga, light novels, and industry news. I'm your host, Brandon, otherwise known as DocPay, and I wish all of you listeners out there a happy new year's. Hopefully next year, 2021, will be a better year for everyone. And because this episode just so happens to fall on <laughs> exactly New Year's Eve, December 31st, I figured what could be a more appropriate topic than a recap of 2020 anime. I'm definitely not going to get in-depth into, well, any of it, (laughs) because this is just meant to be kind of a recap of each season. I will be giving you my favorite shows from each particular season, shows that surprised me the most, and kind of like special mention runner-ups that I still enjoyed. At the end, I'll also probably give you a little list of the shows I didn't end up getting to this year that I still want to watch, and the anime movies I watched, or the ones that are things I want to mention at least. So like I said, this isn't going to be like a discussion or review like I would normally do for each show, and I've talked about some of these already, and maybe in the future I'll actually do a full episode on some of these shows that I'm going to go over. But just a quick warning. If you find I didn't mention your favorite show or the show you like the most, it doesn't mean I didn't watch it, it doesn't mean I didn't like it. Or if you hated one of the shows that I mention here, well, you know, everyone has different tastes. This is by no means meant to be an analysis on quality for any of these shows. It's not meant to be any kind of strict ranking, and... I claim absolutely no objectivity in any of this. This is purely the shows that I enjoyed the most, the shows that surprised me the most, of the shows that I watched. So there you have it, there's your warning. Take all this with the giant grain of salt that this is a purely personal list of things. And of course I won't be spoiling anything, because this is just meant to be like a quick recap of my thoughts on the shows, or like why I'm talking about them at all. So anyway, I think I've wasted enough of your time. Let's jump right in. So in all honesty, 2020 feels like a year that's been forever. And when I was looking through the seasons again, you know, starting with winter for 2020, I just almost forgot that most of those shows aired this year. It's just been such a crazy year all around that, well, we'll get into it. Anyway, so starting off with winter. These were the shows that kicked off the year for everyone, and I actually quite enjoyed a lot of them. Interestingly, I think again this year, uh, winter season had my favorite show of the year, which we're going to kick this off now, is Keep Your Hands Off Azoken. I did an episode about the, the show already, because it was awesome, and so I definitely encourage you to go listen to that for my like more comprehensive thoughts on the show, but for me, it's probably my anime of the year, personally. I absolutely love everything about it. The original manga is now coming out in English. I got a hold of the first volume uh, from Dark Horse, and it's just such a fun, bombastic love letter to animation in general. It helps that the three main cast are a bunch of endearing little gremlins, each in their own way, and form just a really great dynamic. That show kicked this year off so strongly that, you know, once it finished, I immediately knew that this was going to be incredibly difficult to top for me personally. And kind of as I expected, it it stayed there for me. 
Now, I'm also counting this next show. So these are kind of my favorites for this winter season. I'm counting this next show as part of the season, but I definitely didn't watch it then. And it's Doro Hei Doro, which Netflix licensed. And some of these shows that I'll talk about later are Netflix licensed shows. Uh, or actually, some of the shows that I specifically didn't get around to watching this year are actually Netflix licensed shows. Because I'm, I'm so ingrained and so used to watching new shows weekly as they air on TV, getting the shows once a week, and it's incredibly simple to follow and watch shows that way. When there's shows I'm looking forward to that Netflix licenses, and I'm not talking their originals, but the ones that they license and they drop them all at once, that means I have to sit down for a number of hours or a number of sessions and like decidedly choose to watch this rather than, well, there's a schedule and it comes out once a week and I just sit down on Saturday or Sunday and blow through a bunch of new episodes every week. Anyway, I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but what that means is Doro He Doro for me, I didn't watch in winter at all. So I'm including it in winter because that's when it aired on TV. And I guess that's where it counts. But anyway, Netflix dropped it a number of months later. And so I watched it then. This is also a series that's based on a manga, a fantastic manga, which actually just ended its run. I can't wait to buy it all in English. It's such a fun, zany show. It's over-the-top, violent, wacky, weird, fun. The characters are also just incredibly endearing. The friendship between our main cast, Kaimon and Nikaido, is really just like a really great core to this series. I love it. I really like Nikaido, and over the course of the series, just their dynamic is such a, a, like an interesting, strong friendship that I just really loved watching. And the, yeah, I'm not going to call them enemies, but like the villain, or not villain, I'm not going to call them villains, but like the enemy villainish side, which is En or Shin, Noi, all of them are like really interesting. They don't come off as villains when you watch their side, they're just kind of doing what they're doing. And it happens to be in opposition to Kaimon and Nikaido on occasion or often. The story is just really out there. There's lots of kind of grotesque humor. And I really loved the opening for the show. It was kind of incredible how perfectly it captured the weird zaniness that the show really needed. I thought it would be really hard to capture the feel of the manga like well enough in an anime, but... They managed it, and it's a really great adaptation. This is one series that I'll probably do an episode on standalone at some point, for sure. The runner-up like special mentions for the winter season were Somali and the Forest Spirit. I'm kind of a sucker for those, I guess we'll call them like single father-daughter stories. Stuff like Yotsuba or Sweetness and Lightning, Barakamon, Usagi Drop. I can go on, but you know, there's a ton of them. And Somali and the Forest Beard is a really nice twist. It's a fantasy version of it, where you've got Somalia human and the golem who ends up finding her, taking her in, taking her under his wing, and traveling around to try and like find other humans to leave her with because he's at the end of his lifespan. But it turns into this really kind of heartwarming, endearing relationship between the two of them as they grow closer to each other, come to rely on each other. And Golem kind of comes into his own as like a feeling being, whereas before he never thought he had emotions like that. 
and kind of the protectiveness that he starts to develop or like the desire for her to be happy those kind of things for her to be safe the fantasy world is is beautiful the side characters are interesting you know as they go on their journey across kind of this fantasy world meet all these new people it has a very like each episode is kind of separate and distinct but it does kind of make a whole story with like a singular goal that they're working towards there's just interesting smaller like pit stops on their their journey anyway the the show was really enjoyable and i heard recently the manga was put on hiatus because of the author's health which is unfortunate news and i hope the author gets better and i definitely want to get into the manga myself at some point next kind of runner up was interspecies reviewers i have the manga and i quite enjoyed it it's a funny interesting take on kind of a fantasy story but it's all about a group of like fantasy guys reviewing different brothels and escorts and things like that i'm sure from the premise it sounds sketchy <laughs> and it's definitely an adult title obviously because it's all about sex and while i enjoyed the manga as it was i felt like the anime version or adaptation really cranked the dial and, and did a really good job of diving into what made the series worth reading or in this case made the show worth watching as a result it's just really funny so it's a shame that Funimation decided to drop the license after like you know a handful of episodes but I'm glad that someone ended up picking it up for a disc release okay on to surprises for winter so these are surprises for me shows that I didn't think I would like as much as I did the first one is Bofuri full title being I don't want to get hurt so I'll max out my defense I was unfamiliar with the light novel and I went into this show pretty blind ended up really loving it Maple was a fun and funny protagonist to follow around watching her just absolutely trip her way into insane crazy broken OP builds in this VR MMO game and she was just out to have fun so it was really enjoyable to watch her just try and enjoy her time there and not be like a super serious anything she's just out to have fun play a game with her friends so there's you know very low stakes in this there's no one's life is it is at risk there's nothing like that it's just a fun laid back like vr mmo style show for me it never got old watching maple just absolutely wreck house with some crazy thing i'd hate to play that game let me just throw that out there that game is broken as fuck and the devs clearly have no idea how to balance things so that game seems like it sucks but i loved watching maple just ruin things with her just kind of like oblivious nature of like what if i just do this crazy thing and then it works out to be super broken she's one of the characters this year that i'd really love an android of so good smile get on that and next up the other kind of surprise series from winter was if my favorite pop idol made it to the budokan i would die or otherwise known as ushibudo for short i did not think i would enjoy this series i know it's based on a manga but again i was unfamiliar with this one and i came out of it having really really enjoyed it it was surprisingly well done for a show about like idol fandom something that I i'm personally pretty critical of i do like idol stuff you know i've been pretty big into well pretty big's relative relative to the people who are actually big into it i'm i'm like super not into it but 
I've enjoyed, you know, stuff like AKB, Love Live. I don't travel too far out of those circles because I'm a filthy casual in terms of idol stuff, but I never really intended to get too deep into it anyway. But I have enjoyed things that have like crossed over with anime, and I do enjoy like idol media. So anyway, this series, it was fun. There was, it had a like moderately critical eye towards the idol fandom, even if it was kind of portraying it with humor and the kind of growing relationship between APO and Mina, who were fan and idol respectively, watching them try and navigate that was definitely endearing and enjoyable to watch. Watching APO's antics and her just like pure unbridled love for Mina, and then Mina being just like super embarrassed or being like too embarrassed to reciprocate the the feeling or at least directly was kind of an interesting choice for main like centerpiece of a show for a show that on the surface seemed like it would be one of the cringiest things i'd ever watch it turned out to be something i actually thoroughly looked forward to every week okay next up is spring small minor disclaimer for me uh spring ended up being a season that i feel like i didn't actually end up watching too many shows and the most obvious reason would be well the pandemic kicked off in the middle of this, not in the middle, like right at the start, if I recall, of this season, and threw many things for a loop. So I ended up kind of playing it safe and just like didn't really watch a whole lot of shows from this season. I mean, I still watched a bunch, but a number of the ones that I'll mention at the end that I didn't get around to were definitely from, from spring. So as for what I did watch, uh, my favorites were Two series that I've already talked about, actually, and they are light novel adaptations of series that I quite enjoy. Ascendance of a Bookworm Season 2 and My Next Life as a Villainess, All Routes Lead to Doom. I know I kind of went one by one for some of these others, but I don't want this episode to be super long. And I also have a full episode where I talked about my thoughts on the adaptations for these two shows. So if you want to hear my more in-depth thoughts on them, definitely go listen to that episode. But for a small recap, I love the light novels for these, both for very different reasons. Uh, Baccarina or My Next Life as a Villainess is, for me, a riotous, just endlessly funny comedy series, you know, with romance like rom-com. And Ascendance of a Bookworm has this nice down-to-earth, well, I was going to say down-to-earth fantasy, but like grounded fantasy drama story. I felt like the adaptations were strong and did a lot to kind of capture what was good about the original series or the original light novels. And so I still look forward to watching those every week, even if I'd already, you know, read the light novels. And my surprise for spring season was Princess Connect Redive. I'd known about the smartphone game from Psy Games, but as with kind of all smartphone game anime adaptations, well, I have almost absolutely no faith in them being any good. Uh, and so when this one came out and it was really, really enjoyable and clearly well done and like a lot of effort put into it, it really surprised me. I was like, oh, wow, this is really fun. This is really good. This series is kind of an over-the-top fantasy comedy action-ish type series. It has kind of a very, I don't want to call it traditional feel to it, like traditional fantasy story feel to it, 
but it really kind of does. And it may be because it's, there's no isekai here. There's no VR MMO. It's just kind of a straight up fantasy that pulls from like RPG elements. And because quite frankly, it is an RPG, well, a smartphone game. But anyway, the anime was incredibly like lushly animated. The characters, the core cast was very fun and enjoyable to watch. Kokoro, Kyaru, Pecorine, and Yuki. And they filled that out in, in many episodes with like a bunch of surrounding secondary characters, I'm sure, that were you know available as units in the game. So it was very much for fans of the game, like existing fans of the game, because you got to see all these like side characters who they don't really introduce or like go too into depth in in the show at least because i they're probably assuming some degree of familiarity and that actually happens with stuff like grand blue fantasy as well which is fine i didn't feel like i needed to to know and get into like detail with all these other characters but i felt like it was still a really enjoyable show and that's why it's my surprise i just i really didn't think it would be as good as it was and we will at some point I think in the start of this year, be getting the smartphone game localized by Crunchyroll, so that'll be interesting to see. Next up is Summer. Summer was kind of a very slim season given the pandemic and all the delays that a bunch of shows kept getting pushed back, or these were a bunch of shows that got pushed back and then a bunch of other shows got pushed back from Summer, like it was kind of a mess. So Summer was, if I recall, uh, not a very big season. There were actually not that many shows that aired at all in summer but a lot of what did air were like sequel seasons and so my favorites are well all sequel seasons it's my teen romantic comedy snafu climax sword art online alicization war of the underworld i think it was like the second half or whatever they called it re-zero starting life in another world season two so sequel seasons to popular light novels series ones that I've been following for a number of years. Really no surprise that the sequel seasons ended up being strong and things that I just really enjoyed watching. Given how popular I think all three of them are, I don't really feel like I need to go into detail on why I enjoy each one because I'm sure you've already heard of all three of them and it's very unlikely you, if you haven't heard of any of them somehow that there's not like a million other people talking about them. My kind of runner-up special mentions for summer season were Uzaki-chan wants to hang out. I have the manga. I've read that. It's just a non, like a nice, fun romantic comedy. Nothing too crazy. Fairly straightforward. I enjoy the you know the two main cast. I find the humor enjoyable. Yeah, and really, the, there's just not a whole lot else to kind of say for me about Uzaki-chan. It's just yeah, it's funny. I I like it. And then. Mushio and Roji's Bureau of Supernatural Investigation Season 2. This one is interesting because I love the manga series. I read it many years ago. I've got it all sitting on my shelf. It's kind of a... it's too young to call it a classic, but at least for me it, it's like a staple jump series from way back when. Well, I guess way back when is also not super accurate because it's not that old. But for me, I got into it like early in my like years of getting into stuff or this stuff anime manga and so i really liked the series and i, I follow the author as well but and i've read some of his other works 
but I just I have this special like nostalgic place for Mukio and Roji. So while the anime is it's actually pretty decent, like surprisingly, and I I didn't think it was going to get a second season, interestingly, but I enjoy the story a lot. The characters it's got that like classic jump feel, and so that's why it's kind of a a runner up. And my surprise for the summer season was the Misfit of Demon King Academy. I know it's based on a light novel, but it's not one that's uh, licensed in English. The manga, I believe, is, but the light novel was not. I think it is now. Did someone license it? I don't know. I'd have to look that up. I can't remember right now. But again, I was not familiar with the source, and so I watched this expecting it to be garbage, you know, garbage light novel. And it turned out it was kind of a, you know, garbage light novel series, but in such a way that I really enjoyed it. It it definitely feels like a show I'm going to talk about for fall, which is the regular Magic High School. It definitely, definitely is very similar to that in a lot of ways, and that may be why I ended up liking it so much. It was fun to watch Anos just run around and, well, I guess he didn't run around anywhere, but like to just go around absolutely destroying everything that stood in his way and being like an absolute OP badass. I love just watching him like shatter all of the norms and and plans of his enemies like it's good shit. It's like trash but like delicious trash. Yeah I mean that's the best way I could explain it. Hopefully we get additional seasons or at least uh, if you know if the light novels licensed I'd love to start reading that. Because boy, sometimes do I really just need and enjoy some good old delicious trashy stuff. Okay, and next up is Fall, season that just ended, or is like basically ended. My favorites for this season are all also adaptations. Yeah, it really is just kind of the year of adaptations. Or maybe that's because, as you'll hear in a second, a lot of the shows I didn't end up getting to were originals, (laughs) sadly. Uh, anyway, my favorites for fall. I already mentioned one of them, the irregular Magic High School, the visitor arc. I've already talked about this a little bit on the podcast, uh, one of the news roundups, I think, but I really like this series. I know it's not great. It's not perfect. Whatever. I really enjoy this series a lot. I've rewatched the first season many times, and I actually just recently got through and rewatched both seasons again, back to back. It's just, it's another one of those like, delicious trashy shows. I'm not expecting miracles from it, but I'm as enamored with Onisama as Miyuki is. Well, maybe not as much. I don't think anyone can be quite as much as Miyuki, but you know, who doesn't love Onisama? It's not a bad series by any stretch. It's just one that I really like, kind of despite all of the flaws. Uh, Next up was season three for Is It Wrong to Try to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon? Season 3 was so strong for this series. This is another one of those that, like, it's a light novel adaptation, and going into the first season, I really wanted to, like, hate it. I mean, maybe that's the wrong way to phrase this, but I had expectations of it being light novel garbage way back when. As the first season progressed, it turned out to actually be really good. I was like, oh, huh, this is actually well done. It wasn't this kind of generic fantasy game-like light novel series that it seemed like it would be on the surface. I came out of it thinking and being really surprised that like, wow, this is actually good. Huh. And each season has continued to impress me. The side story season was like, all right. 
the movie was fun and i thought season three was just really really strong the whole xenos arc is just really compelling bell's definitely coming into himself as a as a protagonist there's just not much else to say it was really strong season well done i really looked forward to it every week and one day I'll, I'll get into the light novels. I have so many things to read, but I'll probably stick with the anime for as long as they keep making it. So next up, this show isn't finished, so it's technically we're going to count the first half as part of fall, but the first core is done, which is Jujutsu Kaisen. Again, this is another adaptation, this time of a manga, one I was already familiar with. I have the manga on the shelf. I like it. I've enjoyed it. This was one series, interestingly, that um, the English releases, at least, there was a big gap between the first volume and when they, or like the first handful of chapters, and then when they started simul-publishing it on the Shonen Jump like website and app. And so for the longest time, I, I had read the first like seven chapters or whatever it was, and didn't want to progress further because there's a giant gap. It was like a 40-chapter gap there. And that really annoyed me, and I didn't want to have to go to third-party, non-licensed sources to read it. And so I waited. I waited for them to fill that gap in, which, as expected, they filled it in as they were releasing the volumes. And so I just said, screw it, and I've been reading the actual volumes that come out now. And I figure I'll probably never catch up. I'll just keep reading the volumes, which is fine. That's kind of not the point. Anyway, it was one of those weird series where like, I only actually got to start it like way later, but I knew I liked it after the first seven. And so I've just been like waiting and waiting. And now we finally have a bunch of volumes that are out. Uh, and the anime is incredible, really well done. It's clear how much like thought and effort and direction is put into it. The fights are beautifully animated at MAPPA. The story is interesting and compelling. It's got that like shonen jump feel to it, but it's one of the like darker shonen jumps where like characters will not make it. They will die. Shit will go down. And this was just like a really strong first core for the show. It's just really good. So I'm looking forward to the second half of it, and hopefully they continue to make seasons of it. If not, I mean, I'll just keep reading the manga as I have been. <laughs> okay, runners up. I guess this one also kind of counts as a surprise, but um, The Journey of Elena, Wandering Witch, is another case of like, it's an adaptation of a light novel that I was unfamiliar with, but it was clearly out there. And it was just like, really shocked me how good it was, like opening. The show's just like, whoa, this is way better than it seemed like it would be. And then I kind of came to understand that it's like this... Kino's Journey-esque story series, but with like fantasy and witch rather than, well, Kino's style of sci-fi fantasy. And similarly to Kino's Journey, it's not always happy. So I quite liked this series. It caught me off guard. I didn't think it would be like that when I was looking at like previews or just reading the description of it. And so I, I bought the light novels and I'll be digging into those too. Another runner-up is Golden Kamui Season 3. It's just such a zany, another kind of zany, violent, fun show, which is also an adaptation of a manga. Really, everything this year is just an adaptation, almost, that I ended up watching. Golden Kamui is just, it's really good. It focuses on this, like, crazy, sprawling story about the Ainu and this, like, Ainu gold 
way up in Hokkaido. It's this whole interesting, fascinating story with like, it's like a historical fiction setting, which I'm a sucker for in the first place. And the comedy is really good, despite it being this like zany, violent drama story. Then my surprises for this fall season. Unsurprisingly, they are both adaptations, but I just, I wasn't familiar with them. The first one, and one that I just really like, is Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle. The protagonist, Sia, I desperately want an android of her. Good smile. Also, get on that. She is one of the most adorable things I've ever seen in a show, at least to me. For something as simple as the kidnapped princess who's being held hostage in the Demon Castle is just out to get a good night's sleep, that's the premise. And that's what, like, the underlying goal of like every episode is her finding a way to get a good night's sleep in like different ways and it sounds like it would get repetitive it doesn't it's hilarious it's adorable it's endearing like the demons turn out to be not really bad people at all and Sia just clearly is having a really good time of it and watching her go on these adventures that are framed as quests which is frankly really adorable but they frame them as quests as like one of the first ones is like, make yourself a nice pillow, because the one she's sleeping on is garbage. And so she breaks out of her cell, and so begins the adventure. I loved that series. It is so fun. And that was when I learned that it was actually an, a manga adaptation that has been releasing in English for a while, and apparently was completely off my radar. So I will be picking it up and reading it. And completely hoping and sending messages to the effect of we need an android of her now yeah almost no other character is as perfectly suited to getting an android please good smile and then my other surprises that i enjoyed was uh kuma 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 bear it was fun it's kind of similar to like bofudi but not quite as compelling i thought or funny i enjoyed it it was something that i thought would be stupid again like kind of a lame light novel adaptation but it actually turned out decently interesting you know that you have your main character yuna who gets it is kind of an isekai story where like she starts off in a game world like she's playing a vr mmo and some mysterious administrator sends her off to this other world that's kind of game like but not and she's stuck there and well that's you know the story so very generic setup uh, but the difference is, the main character is an OP girl, Yuna, and she basically goes around collecting a harem of lollies, who, or a harem of little girls who just, like, love her bear costume, and she saves them, and or just, you know, befriends them. But I do like the dynamic between Yuna and Fina, their friendship, and the way that it helps the both of them grow as the season kind of goes on. Yuna learns to like care about other people, stop being so selfish. And that is kind of like the main underlying theme of the season, I guess, was Yuna's growth as a person. And then Fina also, you know, I mean, she's a child. Yuna's technically a child in comparison, but like she's slightly older. <laughs> um, but like Fina is still like definitely a child. And you get to see her kind of like work through various issues in her life. And whatnot as the story goes on and and then it's just kind of a fun relaxing somewhat loose like somewhat but like very low stakes 
uh, fantasy adventure comedy. The light novel got licensed, uh, so or is licensed, was licensed. I don't know. This year has been weird, but I'll probably pick it up and read it. I know both both of you got licensed after the anime aired, and I'm uh, I think by Yen Press specifically, and I cannot wait to pick up the light novels for that series at least. Really, a lot of adaptations this year that. I was unfamiliar with the source material for, well, a lot that I was familiar with, but a bunch that I wasn't that I'll probably pick up at some point now. So that actually wraps up the fall season. Now, here's going to be my kind of list of shows I didn't watch but still want to, uh, so that nobody writes me angry tweets over something I didn't mention. (laughs) Um, These are shows that are still on my to-watch list for various reasons. I, I didn't start them or I don't know. Look, don't look for a reason in chaos. I didn't get around to watching them, but I do want to. And some of these are definitely contenders for other people's like favorites of the year. And so it's kind of surprising that I didn't actually watch them as they aired. But anyway, in no particular order whatsoever, Decadence is one that's like high up on my list to to get to. I don't know why I just never started it, Uh, but I know it's really good from everything I've heard. And I know I'll really like it. Great Pretender, I've actually talked about this before. This is Netflix's fault. I hate the way they do licensed shows. And so I was waiting for the entire series to finally drop on Netflix, which they did drop the second core, so I'll watch that at some point. Apare Ramon, this was one that got like delayed at the start of the pandemic, and so I just kind of like never came back to it. So I was enjoying it. I watched the first episode, and I'll, I'll come back to it eventually. This is another Netflix show, and so again, I blame Netflix for this one, but Brand New Animal. It's a trigger series directed by Yo Yoshinari, who did Little Witch Academia, which I love, and so it's, it's high, also kind of really high up there on my list to watch. Freaking Netflix. <laughs> uh, speaking of hating on Netflix, Drifting Dragons. I know this is a manga adaptation, uh, but I've been interested in it, and I'll get to it. The next handful of shows that did air weekly and were simulcasted weekly. I just, for some reason, never started them. Uh, Kokushigoto. I'm a fan of Saino Zetsubo-sensei and this author who did the original manga. I just, and this is kind of also another one of those like father-daughter stories that I really like. I just didn't start it. Sing Yesterday for me and then Arte. And astute listeners will recognize that like a number of those aired in spring and summer. So like right in that center of the year, I just, I guess I didn't pick up any kind of new, super unfamiliar thing. I don't know. There wasn't any strict reason, so don't look for one. (laughs) I just, I didn't watch them. And I still do. I want to watch them. So those are kind of on my list. And so if any of those were your favorites for the year and you didn't hear me mention it, that's why. And then kind of quickly, I don't want to get into movies too deeply because it's kind of more about the shows for the year. And I might talk about some of these individually later at some point, but there was a bunch of anime movies that I watched this year that I really enjoyed. I'll just kind of sound them off. I won't go into too much detail here, but Made in Abyss, Dawn of the Deep Soul. God, I love that series. It's so fantastic. And the film was just, oof, so good. I was really, really glad that Sentai eventually ended up doing a digital screening so I could still watch it after the whole, you know, pandemic thing, and they canceled the in-theater screenings, understandably. Anyway, I was really, really happy I got to see that. It's so good. Children of the Sea, I love and own the original manga series. 
The film was beautiful, just absolutely stunning work. Ride Your Wave, another Masaki Yuasa directed title, which technically I think was last year, but I got to see it in theater, I think at the start of this year, so I guess it counts. I enjoyed it. It was good. A Whisker Away. This one dropped on Netflix. I thought it was kind of a nice, charming film. This one's another uh, one by Studio Colorado, who did Typhoon Naruda, which I talked about on a previous episode. But they also did uh, Penguin Highway, a film I really love by the original author um, Tomihiko Morimi, which I really love. Penguin Highway was great. Um, so A Whisker Away was by that same studio. Yeah, and it was nice. It was it was really enjoyable. Yeah, it was it was charming. We'll say had kind of that semi like Ghibli esque or more recently Makoto Shinkai esque kind of story. And then we had uh, Violet Evergarden side story, Eternity and the Auto Memories doll. I think I saw that in theater this year. I enjoy Violet Evergarden. It's it's not one of my favorites, but there's just something really compelling about that kind of slow thought out methodical drama story with like individual story like episodic stories with this interesting setup and setting it's intriguing we'll say and i'm very much looking forward to seeing the film whenever we get that licensed or screened in english but i thought it was i mean it's kyoto animation and it was beautiful lush the art you know the background art was amazing the animation was amazing the story was interesting and compelling. It's kind of a, another one-off episodic story for Violet Evergarden, and it doesn't necessarily like advance the main... It, it's not a story that has like a super continuing kind of main plot in that regard anyway. So I do enjoy those types of stories. And, you know, it's hard to hate Kyoto Animation. They, they make beautiful work. And then I guess there was uh, Psychopaths, the, the, the third movie there, First Inspector or the Psychopath season three movie, First Inspector, I don't know what the, the fuck to call it, but it was the one that was a sequel to the season three. I don't know, I don't think Psychopaths ever could or would live up to its first season, but I did think the the main Psychopaths film was quite good. Season two was a dumpster fire, but that's another story. So anyway, there it is. That wraps up, I think, the movies that were, uh, well, there were others. I don't know. I watched a lot of others as well, but Anyway, those are kind of the, the main ones I wanted to mention for this year. Well, anyway, that's a big, long list of shows that I watched um, or that I really enjoyed or surprised me for this year, 2020. Well, how about you? What was your anime of the year? Or, you know, what was your favorite show for each season? What show surprised you the most this year? This year? I'd love to hear what everyone, you know, thought of the, the shows this year, so... You know, send me a message on Twitter, I am DocPay, or leave a comment on the website, podcast.docpay.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the anime from 2020. Well, here's to another year, and another year of good anime in 2021. Always a lot to look forward to. I'll never get tired of new stuff coming out. Thanks for listening, and again, Happy New Year. Follow my Twitter, I am DocPay, for updates. And please, if you liked Occupied, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you can't leave a review there, do it on Apple Podcasts. Every review helps other people find it. I'll catch you next year. Mm-hmm.